0: Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. I said we started this sermon series, What If, two weeks back, asking you questions about. What if, what if, in week one, we talked about what if you prayed first instead of drinking first, smoking first, cussing first, or whatever else you do whenever you feel pressure or pain, your first and different response was to pray first. Secondly, last, la, secondly, last week, we asked this, what if you had people to help you? Many times we go throughout life and no one knows what we're actually walking through. And the simple truth is this. You could be one relationship away from seeing your life changed in 2020. And we challenge you to to get in community here at LifeHouse, to, to join a life group or to join a D group, to let people come in and help you in the specific places in your life that you are paralyzed in. So look, what if you prayed first? What if you had people to help and thirdly today the question is this what if you had a plan what if you had a plan because honestly most of us go into a brand new year with hopes we have high hopes i hope i lose weight i hope my terrible marriage gets better i hope my finances improve but let me tell you this hope is not a good strategy hope is just that it's hope The question is, do you have hopes or do you have plans to see your hopes come to pass? Now, the truth is this. Some of you, whenever I say the word plan, you get all giddy because you're wired that way. My sister Lacey, whenever uh, I I emailed her the, the message notes for today, she responded back, oh, this is getting me so excited. I love plans. She was just like Elf, like Santa. You know, she was, she was, she was like plans, yeah, Cause why? Cause she thinks in a planning mode. Some of you for your job, you are planners, and and some of you went whenever. Do you have a plan? You're like yes, and you're looking over at your spouse because your spouse they might not be a planner, and whenever they hear the word plan, they hear boring. They hear not being spontaneous. They hear uh, my plan is I ain't got one, and I'm cool with that. When let me tell you this: if you don't have a plan, that's that's your plan. If you don't have a plan, your plan is you ain't got. You always got a plan, but your plan just might be that you don't have a plan. So 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 the thing is today some some people here you're like plan yes plan yes, and some of you are like nah I'm good homie. Thank you for bringing it it up though. But honestly this is This is very important to us, because honestly, what we see about this time right now is when whatever people hope to do in this brand new year starts to fall off, and hopefully what you are finding is hopes are great, but hopes don't sustain. What will keep you on track and give you guardrails for what you want to see improved is to have a plan, and here's the truth, guys. God is a planner. Why is planning important? Because God's a planner. One of one of our favorite scriptures for, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans. God is a planner. Psalm 33, 11, it says this, But the the, the plans of the Lord stand firm ever. Psalm 45, it says this, Many, O Lord, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. No one can can compare with you. Psalm one hundred six thirteen says this here. But they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. Ephesians one eleven says this: In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will. We can see this: that God is a planner; that it is not a lack of faith and to have. A plan, because honestly, if you get Christians in the room, you'll have some people, oh, if we plan and it's not faith. How can you have faith if you have a plan? Now, I grew up in a really, really Pentecostal church where their plan for services was wherever the Holy Spirit led. And services ended up lasting like three hours. Poor kids' workers. They're having to play Simon Says for like two hours with kids that are like hyped up on caffeine but honestly their plan coming into the service was like okay let the holy spirit lead and really what it honestly was is people just went on what they felt and then i've been in churches also where 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 the thing is they plan these services so tight that god can't even fit like if god wanted to actually do something like if god wanted to do something different in their service like god couldn't even fit in and honestly, we actually had this happen a couple weeks back in our church. In second service, if you weren't here, in second service, worship is kind of calming, calming down. You know, it's kind of what we normally do here. We kind of calm down. We'll say a prayer, and then we'll go on, and we'll show the uh, announcements and stuff like that. Well, we had somebody here actually bust out, like, or bust, started speaking in what Christians call tongues. And I was like, oh, that wasn't in the plan. I don't see that on the service order, <laughs> right? And, and, and really, honestly, we believe that, that, that at this church in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts that the, that the Holy Spirit gives the church, and one of those gifts is public tongues. But if there is a public tongue, it should be in, in interpreted because the possibility is if there was somebody here, they kind of like hear that, and they're like, oh, this place is So. This place is crazy. I'm out of here. Which, honestly, that is not what Scripture says. Scripture says things should be done in a fitting order, and, and, and the key word is this, intelligible way. Here's the thing, right? We believe gifts, yes, but at the same time, it's got to it, it, it's, it's be understandable, intelligible, and build the church up. So, you know what? At that time, the tongues came. I got up, and I said, there's some of you here. Y'all might not know what just went on. Let me just... Just tell you, 1 Corinthians 12, this is, this is cool, but we need somebody here. If you heard something differently, come up and share with us what you heard. And we, and we had somebody that came up and interpreted what was said. That wasn't in our service. I wasn't planning that. we was like, all right, God. Tongues said that. No, it was like, you know what? God stepped in, and we wanted to create space for God to invade our plans. Right? Planning does not mean you don't have faith. I think, honestly, planning gives God room to move. It gives God a framework to actually move in. Here's the thing, we, we want to be people of faith and preparation. It's not either or, it's both and, where we want to be people that are, that are prepared. Every service, we've got a plan coming in. We know what songs we're singing, I know what I'm preaching, uh, we, and you know, we seek God in that planning process. We go into it and we say, God, what do people need today? God, what songs do they need? So we come in prepared, but at the same time, we like, God, we got a plan, but yo, you're you free to mess it up. Whatever you want to do. It's faith and preparation. Now, here's the thing. I believe this. Having a plan, because some of you are like, plan, okay, okay great. But planning starts with vision. Because honestly, if you try to plan and you don't have vision, planning becomes dr- becomes drudgery. Because you don't know where, you know. How you're getting to, but also not just how, like why you're trying to get there. Like you've got to have a vision. And, and Pastor Andy Stanley defines vision as this, which I think is right on. He says, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. In specific areas of your life, you have got to have a clear mental picture of what could be. Scripture says this here about having vision. In Proverbs 29:18. Eight, 18, busting out the King James Version. Come on, somebody. <laughs> King James the Lifehouse. Wow. Right, here, here we go. It, it says there, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is not a clear mental picture of where we're going and why we're going there and where you want to go, there is perishing. Here's the deal. If you don't have a vision for your marriage, it perishes. If you don't have a vision for your finances, they perish. If you don't have a vision for your relationship with God, it perishes. If you don't have a vision for your business, it will perish. If you don't have a vision for fill in the blank, it Scripture says without vision, it will perish. And I just wonder, what in your life is perishing today? Not because you don't have a plan, not because you don't have a want to, but because you don't have a vision of what could be and a conviction of why it should be there of why it should happen i don't want to speak a business planning seminar but i do want to give you a equation i guess you could say of where a plan fits it's this it's this idea here cuz honestly we can we can spiritualize a plan all day we can spiritualize spiritualize but honestly a plan helps you get practical, and put feet to what God has told you to do, right? And that's why we need vision. We need a revealed vision from God, and then the plan helps us to walk out and do what God told us. This is what we need, vision, plan, habits, daily actions. Vision is where do you want to be? Vision is saying, it's saying where where do you see yourself, where? Where do you want to be in 20 years, 30 30 years plan is how okay let's start writing some stuff. how are we going to actually get get to where we want to go habits are what you do habits are like okay i've got this this plan habits are this is what i these are the disciplines that i have got to do on on a daily basis to see this plan happen and then you have daily actions where you say okay Discipline, see, here's the thing, right? Actions become habits. What you do daily becomes your habits. Habits craft your plan, and your plan will put you towards whatever vision you have. Okay? Now, look, I want to to help you think practically about this in in a couple different ways by walking through this in different areas of your life, and then I'm going to share with you personally how I am applying this personally, all right, first off, let's just say finances, right, let's say you have, and these are just whatever numbers, these, these are not real numbers, these are not my numbers, okay, these are, these are just random whatever, okay, here's the thing, vision, right, you, you want to retire at six, at 60, so let's say that, that's where you want to be, then you say, okay, plan, well, I got to take some time to research and what I'll actually need to retire, okay, when I do that, I need to set aside 25k per year, for, for 30 years, you've got to meet with your wife, come on, someone, Meet with your partner to ensure we have a synergy and unity with our financial goals, right? Because honestly, many times in, in, in a relationship, you've got, you know, the planner going ahead and the, and the other person's like, yo, you're going include, to include me, right? So, so the thing is including in your plan if, if you do have a spouse doing it together, right? Habits, and you got to say, okay, this is our plan, so what disciplines do we need to do on a daily basis to reach that plan. Okay, put aside $700 per pay period. Develop and stay on a budget, meet daily with our financial planner. Daily actions, we need to keep track tabs on a budget. You can can you see how this practically works out in your life? Now, I see many people say that's that's not sexy. That's not shiny. In our culture, we are always on the sexy and shiny. And that stuff all is always change, changing but you don't need resolutions when you've got a plan so many people come in you know they would change this year, change it if you had a plan that you have worked out and you've got a vision those that have vision a plan and disciplines don't need resolutions because they're already doing it it's not a january thing It's january february like they're doing it right now Personally, let me share with you one of one of my personal visions. Is I've got three sons that I love dearly, that God has entrusted to me, Jackson, Judah, and Dallas. And my vision as a Christian father is there's nothing more that I want to see them do with their lives than to love and serve Jesus and love church. Because y'all, the truth is is this here. Parenting-wise, many of us prepare our kids to take the ACT, the SAT, and we try to prepare them to get into college or to play for a sports team when there's a 0.009% chance your kids will be playing professionally something, but there's a 100% chance that your kids will stand before God one day and give an account for their life. And it grieves me to see Christian parents that have been given the most sacred responsibilities with their kids, that they have no vision to see their kids love Jesus and love his church. And this is a conviction on me, myself, and I, because I was the byproduct, thankfully, of, of a family. I don't know if they had a plan. Their plan was just get them in charge and hope the Holy Spirit helps them. <laughs> Here, here's five bucks. Learn a Bible verse. I mean, literally. My mom was paying me to learn Bible verses. You know, but, but she was trying her best with what she had. But I, it, it, it just grieves me that, that, here's the thing, parents don't prepare their kids to wrestle with and answer some of the deepest questions that life has for them. They try to prepare them to take a test and to get in and have a great financial future, which is awesome. But finances can and will fail them at some point. A good college is great and wonderful, but that that won't sustain their soul whenever someone close to them dies. That won't sustain their mind, heart, and soul whenever someone questions who God is and what God's like. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but what I want to challenge Christian parents with here. Is, is let the framework of your parenting, the plan you have for your kids to love Jesus and, and, and to love the church, frame it around these four questions. Where did you come from? I want my kids to know God created them. They're made in God's image. They don't need the approval of anyone else except God the Father. And they can live confidently, boldly, and securely in their identity as a son of God. Also, what is right and wrong? Right now it's relativism. Well, what's right for you is wrong No, I want you let them know there is a standard in somebody above them. They are not the what's okay and what's not. There is somebody beyond them. right? Thirdly, a purpose in this life. Like I want them to know they have a purpose on this planet that the, the, they have been. There's a desire in their heart to want to know why they're there on this planet, and God answers that. And two, where they're going, I want them to be prepared to stand before God. If you frame your parenting around those four, four, if you frame the plan for your parenting around those four things, where they came from, what is what is right and wrong, what their purpose is, and where they're going, it will help you develop a plan for for seeing them love and serve Jesus. This is just kind of the plan that I've just kind of, you know that 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 I have started for them, so I can see them love and serve Jesus. I got to live it myself. You know what the greatest thing that I could do f- for my kids is model it. And I'm a pastor, so I know they're gonna be like, "Oh, I see you, Dad." You know how kids get, uh, especially pastors' kids. I heard that word, Dad. I heard you. And you see, I can't be a hypocrite. I can't live one way at the house and come out and live something different in front of people. The way that one of the best plans, parents, is that you could pass down your faith to your kids is to model it yourself. What you treat haphazardly, your kids will despise. If, if church is optional, it will be optional to them. If you, oh, you know what, man, it's, whew, I'm tired, let's sleep in Disney+. Plus. What you're subconsciously telling them is this is optional. You've got to lead by example. I, I, I want to help them develop and actually understand God's word in their own way. Jackson and I, we actually just started this process. We, we actually read our first chapter of the Bible on Wednesday, on Wednesday, Psalm chapter 40. And with that chapter, Jackson asked me, what does fear of the Lord mean? And so after about 60 seconds of trying to explain to him, he says, Dad, are you done yet? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> when, but honestly, that is challenging me. How do I explain this? How do I get him to understand what the fear of the Lord is? And, and, but, but I want them to, to know and understand and have a relationship with God's word. Third, attend and be involved within a church that they love and want to be a part of. Fourthly, take advantage of every opportunity to pray in front of and pray over them. If Dad takes them to school, y'all getting prayed over, all of y'all. <laughs> Dallas Judah Jackson, like yo, we 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 we're praying before be, before we go to bed. I'm praying my son Jackson will not go to sleep now until he's prayed over, literally. Dad, Dad, hurry! I'm tired. Like. Right? Also, too, take them with me on my, for my job. I, I get the gracious honor to pastor people. I want to take him with me on that, on that journey. I want him, hey, we're going to go and do a hospital visit. Hey, we're going to go and visit someone. I, I want him to see that, that, that this isn't just some job I have, but, it, but it's a lifestyle that I'm called to walk in. I want him to see that this is actually real. And, and then, two, when they turn 13 years old, take take my sons through something called the primal path, which is a discipleship journey for fathers and sons. And I can't get into all of the intricate details with that, but it but it, it really is about the father discipling the son. What kind of, of habits will I have to kind of put in here? Family devos at least once per week. This is the funniest. I wish we could put a camera on this time where I got a nine foe. So There's nine, six, and four-year-old trying to sit down and listen to dad share a devotion. It is like the circus. It is like WWE Royal Rumble. Our four-year-old's punching the six-year-old. The six-year-old's getting mad at the nine-year-old. And, I, you know, it's, it's crazy, but we're going to do it. And we get through it, and it's, it's interesting, but we do it, right? Pray for them every day, like I said. Study the Bible with them at least twice per week, right? Attend church. I mean, can you kind of see how this is working out? I just don't want to have a hope that they serve Jesus I want to do my part I can't control them It's not going to be like okay Jackson Time to say the sinner's prayer Now Come on Dallas you're six Time to start serving the Lord No I can't control them to do anything But what God has given me The the responsibility to do Is to influence them Control and influence are different I want, to influ- I, want them to, I want to influence them, lead them, but you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to have to make their own choice with God. I can't save them, but I want them to see this thing is legit and this thing is real. Now, you might say, okay, John, the kids are great. What about marriage? It's so crazy how so, many, how so many couples plan for the first day but not for the last day. They will spend weeks and months and sometimes even years planning for that first day. Planning for their flowers. Planning for cake. Planning for photography. Planning for the venue. Planning for the musicians. Planning for DJs. Planning for the after party. And they've never actually planned, how are we going to make this thing work? They've never gone to premarital counseling. They've never sat down and had the tough conversations to see or can we make this work? Marriage, you, 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 you really got to say, do we have a plan to make this work? Here, here, here you go, right? Vision, you've got a vision to have a marriage that makes it until death do us part. And we actually like each other along the way. You aren't unhappily married, you're happily married. Think about a plan. like you got to develop your own individual relationship with God. This is, to me, has been the most important thing that I have seen in seeing couples get their marriages right, is their own personal relationship with God. Participate in premarital counseling. Do you know these statistics for those who go through, through premarital counseling before they get married? Stats show over 60% of more m- marriages make it. Intentionally invest. Do you have a plan to even invest in your marriage? Because it is consistently draining. Kids, jobs, stress, all of it. Do you have a plan to even intentionally invest in your marriage through planned getaways and date nights, preventative marriage counseling, and anything else that you see necessary? Be in relationship with other couples. Like, do you even have relationship with other couples that have, that do it better than you, that you can learn and grow from? And then plan, you know, you can't hide nothing from your spouse. Technology, they got to have access to your phones. It's like, no, it's privacy. Nope. Uh, the devil's playground is an iPhone. <laughs> or a Samsung. Sorry. Didn't mean to leave the Samsung owners out. Because honestly, you have a wildfire in your hands. If your spirit and heart and mind is not right. And you need account- you you and you need accountability there. Habits. Find a home church that we are involved. Right, so here's the thing, right? So we got a a vision plan habits. Find a home church we are involved with, with where we're involved in life groups, corporate worship, serving, and welcoming accountability. Go on a date night at least every other week. Go to a, to a counselor at least twice per year. Go out to eat with other couples at least once per month. Like, like, do you just see how this works itself out practically, y'all? Do you see how this stuff See, We want to spiritualize it. Oh, we just need hope and faith. No, you need a plan, y'all. <laughs> just don't let the Holy Spirit lead. The Holy Spirit can lead you into planning. Holy Spirit doesn't just lead to spontaneity. The Holy Spirit can lead you in the planning process. Here's a few reasons a plan is important. First off, a plan helps you know what to say yes to and what to say no to. When you have a plan, because some of y'all are so stressed out and burnt out because you can't say no. You're saying yes to everything. Everybody. And then you say yes and you're like, why did I say yes to that? I don't even like them. I don't even want to go there. It's because you are visionless. You don't have a vision for where you need to go. Some of you don't need to start doing list. You need to stop doing list. There's stuff you need to stop doing. It's just it's it's keeping you busy, but not but not productive. Busyness does not equal productivity. And some of you are so busy working in your life, you don't have any time to work on your life. You're just staying busy, busy, busy. But busyness does not equal you being productive or following through and going towards the plan and vision that you have. And some of you need to take a step back and, and cut some stuff out so you can get a vision from God and formulate a plan so you can actually be doing what you are called to do and not just being busy. Because I'm telling you this, if you don't have a plan for your life, other people will have a plan for your life. Other people, like God says, I know the plans that I, Fill in the blank. Your boss has, (laughs) your boss says, I got plans. And if you don't have a plan, someone else will create plans for you. A plan helps you also develop and reveal what your priorities are. Because a priority isn't what you say. A priority is what you do. A priority is what you do. And whenever you actually craft and plan your life and try to get a fresh vision, what you'll find is a lot of the things you say that are very important to you is lip service, not action. So here's the thing, a plan helps you actually reveal and set in place what your real priorities are. Also, too, a plan gives God something to work with. Uh, like I said, we're people of faith and people of prep of preparation, and we want life to kind of just, you know, honestly, many times it's just got to be this black, white, when honestly a lot of life is holding, ten, I'm sorry, I, I could say this, I stutter, tensions, is holding tensions in balance, meaning if you go too far one or the other way, you distort its true purpose. Some people are like, I'm all about faith. Some people are like, I'm all about preparation. And uh, you, you need to be... Of people of faith and preparation. It's a tension to be held, not a problem to be solved. And you've got to say, all right, God, help me. And, and then too, we see this working in, in scripture all the time, this concept of holding ten, ten, of holding tensions. Scripture talks about being how Jesus came full of grace and truth. He didn't just come all full of grace. Oh, I love you. Do what? Just do whatever you want. I don't have any boundaries. I don't have any standards. I just love you. But then you got some people, they only see Jesus as, you suck, you're terrible, you're going to hell. God isn't just a God, Jesus isn't just a God of truth or grace. He's a God of grace and truth. Meaning, there are some people here, you need to know the grace of God. You need to know that he loves you for where you're at right now. Some people here, you need to know, God has a standard and God has truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth, and that is a tension to be held. But also, too, Scripture talks about this faith and works. There are some people, I got faith in Jesus, but you don't do anything. Some people are like, I do stuff. Yeah, but you ain't got faith, bro. You're doing stuff for the wrong reasons. It's not faith or works. It's faith and works. It's not grace or truth. It's grace and truth. And it's not just faith or preparation, it's faith and preparation. Leanne, go ahead and come on up. I don't know, no keyboard, hold me accountable. i got to finish this thing. Here, here's the point. I don't want to come to God empty-handed. I don't want to come to him, here's the thing, without using what he has freely given me, like a brain. Some people want to just, you know, spiritualize stuff. Y'all got a brain that God gave you. He gave you something called Google. Or maybe that was Satan, I'm not sure. Regardless, take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to good, right? But he's given you the power to research. He's given you the power to learn from people's experiences. He's given you people around you smarter than you. He's given you intuition. I don't want to come to God unprepared. I want to use every avenue that he has given me. A brain, a computer, people that are are smarter than me and those that have wisdom, past experiences, intuition, and more. Here's the key. Write your plan in pencil, not a pen. Writing a plan in pencil, I believe, tells God, you've done, your, you've done your job. You've used everything that you have in your power to create a plan, but using it in pencil gives him the right to erase it whenever he wants. Scripture says this here in Proverbs 16:9. It says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I love this, because what this tells us is, Don't don't not plan. Make your plans. Make our plans. But ultimately, your steps will be ordered by the Lord. And sometimes those steps will be in your planning, and sometimes those steps will be in your planning, and God alters them. And God says, I got something different. I got something different. Because there will be times in your life where some of you have planned things, and your plan for your life has been completely turned upside down. And you're in a season right now of confusion. You're in a season right now of, honestly, anger towards God. You're in a season where you are, honestly, your plan has been completely, you planned a great marriage and they left you. They cheated on you. Like They they just destroyed your plan. And now you're like, what the heck? That's where you got to let the eraser and, and let God rewrite something. Maybe you planned, you're fine, you know, you're going to be at this place in a certain amount of years, and you planned, you did businesses and all this stuff, and then you're at a point, you're 50-some years old, and you're broke. This won the plan. This won the plan, and you kind of got to, okay, God, I had a plan. There's something different going on. Maybe you planned to have kids, and you got together, and you can't have kids, and now, now you're having to, like, wrestle with, okay, we can't, like, and you're, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're broken, hurt, mad, angry. Now you've got to give God the pen and say, God, what do you want for my life? I don't know where you're specifically at today, whether you need to get a plan. Maybe you are here today and you have no vision for your marriage, your finances, your even that word planning gets you mad, angry. uh, But but it's like today there are some people here, you need to get a vision and you need to get a plan for your life. Some of you here, uh, you plan too much, and god can 't even fit in your plans and you need to actually throw your paper with your plans in pen and the trash, trash and rewrite them in pencil and say god i 'm not not i 'm not going to plan i 'm going to plan but i 'm going to allow you to budge in whenever you want and then there are some of you here today what you planned isn 't happening and you wrote it in pencil, but God really took it on a different direction, and today, you, you need the healing of God. You need new direction. You, you, need a, you need a brand new perspective, and I believe that God today wants to do that. Pray with me thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse newport news podcast if you're ever in the hampton roads area we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m or 10 30 a.m at the regal kiln creek movie theaters until then feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchinam.com or on any social media platform thank you so much and god bless Not just in this life but for eternity and what i believe today that that what god wants to give to you today is a vision for your for your eternity which is to be with him forever